everybody, and welcome to the Yellow Jackets Hive, presented by CordCutting.com. Uh, I'm Media Melanie, here with... And I'm Emily. And today we are introducing our new TV Buzz series. Uh, Emily and I thought it would be really fun if we selected shows we mutually watch and try to cover them. So we thought it would be fun to start with a collaboration with our friends over at the TV Deep Dive podcast. So let us welcome Christina and Tish. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hey, thanks for joining us. We went through quite a few messages trying to land on a show that we all enjoy and watch. And it's funny we picked one that focuses on podcasters because, of course, we're all podcasters. So, (laughs) hooray. That kind of drew me to the show a little bit, honestly. Yep. Yep, definitely. Before we get started with Only Murders, why don't you each tell us what you've been watching lately in general? Emily, let's start with you. Well, Cruel Summer just started, so I've been watching that. Um, I obviously just rewatched the show to prepare for this. Mm -hmm. And there's a documentary series on Amazon that I'm going to get into next. It's called Shiny Happy People. It's like all about the Duggar family, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom Mm -hmm. suggested that to me. So that's next on my list. And from. I have to watch the latest episode of From. Mm-hmm. yes from mm-hmm. oh my gosh so good I'll go next yeah. just because you mentioned from and that's one that I'm watching we've talked about covering it on TV buzz I'm also loving evil on Paramount plus and for some comedy I'm watching platonic on Apple TV plus with uh, Rose Byrne yeah. and uh, Seth Rogen so oh I love fun. Seth Rogen yeah it's pretty funny it's like a 30 minute show easy to watch um, how about you Christina what have you been watching lately so I've been watching Psych. Um, I've been watching Desperate Housewives. I watched that with my mom, so it's like not as frequent. And then I've been rewatching the Beverly Hills 90210 because we're doing like a episode for that for our podcast. And then um, I've been watching Young Sheldon just kind of like I like that. Like my first time watching it. It's like really cute. So if I like don't have the mental capacity to like watch a full thing, I put on Young Sheldon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, That's cute. perfect. Yes. Okay. Tish, how about you? Um, so I have been um yeah, I've been rewatching Beverly Hills Now 210. I've also been watching uh, One Tree Hill. Um, when I'm, like, I have somebody who's doing a watch for the first time, so we're watching that together. Um, and then I've been watching this UK show called Ambulance, which just follows around people who um, like work on ambulance and stuff like that, um, because like that's kind of like the field that I work in in some extended way. So I really like watching shows about it. Um, and then, yeah, Shiny Happy People on uh, Prime was such a good thing. And then last week, I finished with Love on Prime, which is such a good show. It has so many amazing ships, and I recommend that everyone watches that. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. And I should say, uh, everybody should go follow you on Twitter. You are at the TV Deep Dive. Uh, mm-hmm. Anywhere else that you'd like people to follow or listen? Uh, on Instagram as well. And then we're on all major podcast platforms. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, everybody go head over, make sure to follow and listen to the TV Deep Dive. They've got some good stuff. And uh, we'll probably be doing another collaboration at some point as well. So um, don't miss a thing. Don't miss a thing. But today we are here to cover Only Murders in the Building. Uh, we will be talking about season two and recapping. Um, series description as a whole, I'm going to go ahead and read that really quick. Uh, three strangers bonded by their love of true crime podcasts record their own to accompany their investigations of murders in their building on the Upper West Side of New York. And the show's had some accolades. Um, Christina, why don't you tell us about some of the awards that the show's been up for? So it's had noms for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series and for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for both for Martin Short. Yes. And uh, who knows what will happen this Emmy season? Of course, Emily and I are, you know, buzzing all about yellow jackets. Luckily, they're in different categories, but we'll (laughs) see where they end up. But it is such a star-studded cast. Um, You know, in um, season one, there were quite a bit of notable cast members. Um, Tish, why don't you tell us some of those uh, notable cast members from season one? Um, so there was uh, Sting, Amy Ryan, uh, Jane Lynch, Tina Fey, and Nathan Lane were some really big ones we saw in season one. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we've also got some big names coming in um, season two. Emily, who do we have in season two? 
I am, or in season two, we have Nathan Lane again. We have Amy Schumer. Who else did we have besides Amy Schumer? Uh, we have Amy Ryan, who plays Amy Jane, Ryan of again, She's back. I loved her being back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Shirley MacLaine, Cara Delevingne, Jane Lynch, Michael Rappaport, Tina Fey is back, Mark Consuelos. And then we see Paul Rudd at the end of the season, and we know that he'll be in season three. So such a star-studded so cast. Um, and Dan Fogelman, executive producer, I love him from This Is Us. That was one of my favorite shows. It's no longer on anymore. But um, they do a good job of weaving in this like mystery and crime and comedy. I mean, yeah. it's it's interesting when you can have a show about murder and also have it be hilarious at the same time. And I think they do a really good job with that. They yeah. absolutely do. They strike the balance so well. Let's just kind of touch upon season one really quick. Um, Tish, why don't you give us just a couple of bullet points about what season one was about before season two picks up right where it left off? Oh uh, yeah. So um, Tim, uh, Tim Kono's murder in the Arcadia are the Arcona, um, just like having a brain fart right there. Um, Mavel, Oliver, and Charles start a podcast. Um, so there's like a bit of a red her- herring that we get there in the beginning. Teddy says Theo, we're looking at potentially was Tim's killer, but actually was not. Um, however, was actually responsible for Zoe's death, who we saw throughout season one and stuff like that. Um, Jan was actually the killer and she had poisoned um, Tim and as like a honey trap, she honey trapped Charles there as well. And then we're left with that cliffhanger of why is Mabel covered in blood? So that's kind of a basic synopsis of season one. Yeah. Bloody Mabel. And mm-hmm. Selena Gomez just does such a great job playing Mabel. Um, I was watching the behind the scenes for season two, talking about her costuming as well. And they they really start off with her in these like bright costumes in season two, which is kind of like in the animal kingdom, like a warning to other animals, stay away, danger. And as the season goes, it kind of softens a bit. And I think that uh, says a little bit about, you know, the process that they go through. It gets a little darker throughout the series. And yeah. Uh, they encounter quite a bit of um, red herrings along the way in season two as well. And mm-hmm. I think really quick, the Arconia is one of the biggest characters in Only Murders in the Building, right? It's it's almost yeah. like the wilderness in Yellow Jackets, Emily, right? Like Absolutely. it's this giant building with hundreds, who knows how many people living under one roof. And the way the show opens each one with a different narrator and we're getting these different perspectives from everybody, I think really reflects the how that building encompasses all these different people, how it contributes to the mystery. So for me, I enjoy the way that they really present a uh, non-living thing as a character. So it's a really good portrayal of like what it's like to live in New York city. Like just the melting pot of like the different mixture of people that you have within the building alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Why don't you read just like the overall basic summary of season two before we dive into episode by episode. Sure. Um, so the trio investigate the death of head of the Arconia board, Bunny Folger, trying to prove their innocence and encountering secret passages a competitive podcaster, planted knives and paintings, a talkative bird, and lots of red herrings along the way. Yes, lots of adventures throughout season two. And as the season is uh, the tagline, uh, the truth is all in how you frame it. And of course, we know that our favorite podcasting trio is getting framed. (laughs) All of these different items are showing up in their apartments. We see the bloody knife. We see the painting popping up in Charles' apartment. So there's all kinds of different avenues. The show explores different suspects. Lots of red herrings along the way. I mean, who did each of you think did it? Like within the first few episodes. I, I mean, they give us so many options right I really like didn't know what to think but like when it was revealed who it really was I was so surprised like I did not expect it to end the way that it ended at all I thought the way that they did the ending that there was a chance that it could be Alice like the way that yes uh Mabel was acting like Mm -hmm. that really threw me for a loop like but I had no idea what to think because this season there were so many red herrings so many yeah 
I definitely did not have an opinion on who the killer could potentially be because I was just like, let me just solve it along with them. And then, you know, thinking, yeah, when, like, when she, in the finale, when she goes, when she stabs Charles, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, maybe she really did do it. Like, that would make sense, right? Like, she got close to her, all these kinds of things. But yeah, so I definitely did not, uh, did not have a suspect. Didn't see it coming. How about you, Christina? I was surprised as well but I I kind of I thought it was Alice most of it just because she like came in new and she was like with them a lot so I just felt like but that was kind of similar to the first season so I guess that's why they did something different um I was definitely surprised and I loved the ending though I thought it was a really good choice I thought so too and really that finale so much happened and they really had all these different twists and turns and I like how it ended up um I would have almost liked to have seen Tina Fey be guilty because she plays such a bad guy but they did a really good job of creating this bad guy character who actually was not responsible for the murder so I think they did really really good at keeping that a secret. I thought it was Cinder at first too when like they showed that the police officer was in Oklahoma. Like that really like caught me off guard. I'm like, wait a second. Like, is she really like guilty of something? And like at the end we find out she wasn't, but they made it look like really suspicious along the way. Yes, they sure did. And I didn't see Michael Rappaport being involved at all. That came as a real surprise to me. And having kind of two suspects made it even more twisty and turny. So Having those two who were guilty, I think, um, you know, really contributed to the plot lines and the mysteries and the glitter guy. I mean, there were so many different, um, so many different things. The passageways. Oh, my goodness. The bird. So mm-hmm. many things. So many things. So with that, let's start with season uh, one, uh, season two, episode one. Um, Tish, why don't you read the episode name and the description? Um, so the episode name is a uh, person of interest. So. Um, Charles, Oliver, and Mabel are implicated in the murder of Bunny Folger and must decide whether to lay low or risk their lives to catch the killer. Um, so basically, Charles' open, his open narration is all about NYC, making a name for itself. We see the trio on a bus and driving by. Um, so episode, it literally picks up pretty much where episode, um, the end of season one had left off. Um, the trio are being questioned by the police. Um... You know, um, Mabel just says she wants some time without any murder in her life. And she's kind of not really into the podcasting at first. But then she's like, you know, like, I, we should just clear our names, get away from everything and stuff like that. Um, and then this is where Alice is also introduced. And Amy Schumer's character is also introduced. And then the trio gathers at Mabel's. Um, and they hear something in Bunny's apartment. So then they climb through and discover the bird. Um, as well as the painting and I really liked how in the um, in the title sequence you actually can see the painting in Charles's apartment in the first episode which is like we're then gonna see it at the end of the episode so that was oh really cool. I never noticed that yeah it was yeah. like I like because I had rewatched it and I noticed that little detail I was like that's amazing Ah, nice. They're very strategic with the set dressing and costumes and props and all that throughout. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up getting some kind of a nomination for for that as well. Yeah, I love Um, Martin Short's outfits, like the long scarves that he always wears. It's like just so over the top all the time. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't even really like Martin Short that much in general. So when the show first came out, I was like, eh, Martin Short. But I've got to say, he really sold me and the three of them together and their chemistry really really brings it together um okay episode two is called framed christina why don't you read that episode description sure um so the trio question their neighbors at a memorial for bunny as they attempt to get rid of evidence that could further implicate them a relative of bunny shows up and proves to be more of a force than she was um so lenora does the narrating and she's talking about like the history of the arconia and like tell secrets of the building um as we said earlier bunny's uh painting shows up in um charles's living room and they make a plan to sneak it back into bunny's using the memorial as a cover um so funny (laughs) yeah yeah very smart very smart um bunny's mom shows up um in this episode so she's like at the memorial uh, Mabel goes back to Alice's art studio and destroys a piece of art um, made of her. And that's kind of like the start of like Alice and um, 
Mabel, really. And then Bunny's mom tells everyone that the painting in Amy Schumer's is not actually the real painting. And then Amy Schumer's like, well, I don't want it. <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> if it's not Charles, I don't want it. <laughs> it was so, so funny. <laughs> it was really weird, but it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we found out that Charles's dad had an affair with Rose Cooper and Lenora. And yeah. A lot of things. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then Oliver ends up receiving the bird, right? Mrs. Gambolini. Uh, Bunny actually leaves the bird to Oliver. And at the end, we hear uh, Mrs. Gambolini say, I know who did it, which is funny because everyone thinks it's about the murder, but it's actually from the end of a television show that the bird yep. and Bunny were watching together. So it's kind of another like small red herring, I guess, or red parrot, maybe oh, for if, sure. we're, if we're doing a play on birds here. <laughs> kind of like a play on words, but a play on birds. Sorry, I just had to like yeah. play that. That was good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Occasionally, occasionally that happens. Um, okay, so Emily, um, what about episode three? Episode three is called The Last Day of Bunny Folger. A foul mouth parrot becomes the key to Bunny's last day on Earth, which reveals surprising people who crossed her path, further heightening the need for our trio to solve her murder. And it opens up with Oliver narrating talking about the bird he's trying to get the bird to like talk back to him and tell him who did it because at this point they think that has something to do with her murder um and this episode really gives us like a peek into bunny's last day like it shows us what happens from the moment she wakes up till she gets stabbed um she chats with the new board president nina who says that she will continue to give everybody hell for her, which I thought was really funny too. Um, she then receives a phone call from someone about the painting that we see in Charles' apartment, but she just tells the person she doesn't want anything to do with them and she just hangs up, which I always wondered who that was because they never really gave us an answer for that, did they? I mean, I've got to think it was Poppy, right? Or... Oh, yeah. I never considered. I thought maybe it was Rose Cooper that called her. Oh, it could, you know what? Yeah. yeah. You know what? It, it maybe makes more sense. It was Rose Cooper. and But we may never know, right? Because it's yeah. funny. At the end of season one, there was that text message that told them all to get out of the building. And they had yeah. all assumed that text message was from Detective Williamson. But mm -hmm. it was not. It actually ended up being from Poppy, as we yeah. later find out. So, uh, you're right, Emily. We don't know exactly who called, but I do think it would maybe make sense that it was, um, it, it could have been Rose Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. We then see uh, Bunny's friends, if you want to call them friends, um, throw her a surprise party where she makes the announcement that she doesn't want to step down from being board president yet. And that really upsets Nina because apparently they had a plan for how things were going to go and she was going back on her word. Um, and then we see her go to Mabel's and she gives them the champagne and Oliver in turn gives her an only murder sweatshirt, which she like models for them. And yeah. And <laughs> then she goes home and that's when we see that moment with the bird on the TV where the, where the bird says, I know who did it. And she gets a knock on her door. She answers and says something like, what are you doing here? And then she's attacked. And that's the end okay. of that episode anyways. Yep. I so do. introduces Bloody Mabel yeah. on the scene. I, I like the um the red herring at the beginning too when it gets her last day and she's like, okay, it's my last day because she thinks that it's gonna be like her last day. But yeah, but it's really like her last day on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good play. I like that too. Yeah. Definitely. Um all right. So at this point, we are um, almost halfway through the season. It's it's kind of fun reviewing a 30 minute show versus a one hour show, by the way, because there's a lot less and they pack so much into each 30 minute episode, too. I mean, we it's do. it's kind of crazy. We get 10 episodes, but it almost feels like they're an hour long, just kind of given how much they they cover in each one. Yeah. Um, and then we hit episode four. It's called Here's Looking at You. And an unexpected visitor reveals hidden secrets about the inner workings of the Arconia. Charles reveals that he once recorded a hit single that was huge in Germany. <laughs> so random. And um, in this episode, we meet Lucy, who is the daughter of Charles's former girlfriend. Um, we see Charles back on set as Uncle Brazos, which... <laughs> 
the whole Uncle Brazos storyline to me was was really funny. Like him wearing the wig and then the wheelchair and the dementia. I want soup. <laughs> I want soup. Oh my god. It, it's kind of a reflection of like, you know, getting older in Hollywood, right? And it's ironic, yeah. of course, because him and Martin Short are on the older side of things as well. And um, so seeing that reflected on screen, on a TV show, on a TV show, you know, is is kind of funny. And Steve Martin does a great job playing that. Yeah. He's such a good comedian. Um, and then Lucy ends up discovering the knife that was used to kill Bunny, uh, which was put in Charles's kitchen. The knife belonged to Oliver. Um, but again, we are, we're seeing these things showing up. And at this point, yeah. it's like, how are these things getting in here? Like who's messing with them? Yeah. And then we learn about the secret passageways, thanks to Lucy, who maybe her whole point as a character was to introduce the fact that she knew about the secret passages. Cause I don't think the three of them would have ever discovered these passages without no her. Mm -hmm. So I think she was kind of a device to move that forward and reveal the secret passageways and lucy recounted that the night of bunny's murder she talked about how she was at the arconia and hid in the secret passageways and was almost discovered by the killer who sneezed that was, that was also which we learned later the same night as her mom's wedding she i don't think i think she skipped the wedding yeah. and she went there instead she went there to see Charles and we see later that like she sees him with Mabel, but she doesn't say anything to him. And then she later goes into his apartment with the key that he tells her still works. And that's when somebody comes in and like breaks in the apartment. That's, that's a little later, but yeah, she, mm -hmm. I feel like Lucy was really important. Like you just said for that purpose, like to introduce the secret passageways. I love that they showed their relationship. Like I thought it was so cute the way that they made omelets together. And he sang that song to her. Like when she was a little girl, like you could tell he really loves her. Yeah. I really liked Lucy. I thought she was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Great addition. And it's a nice tie back from season one, right? Cause literally we start off with him making these omelets. They name drop Lucy and then you're kind of like, ah, and then she's like here now. So it's great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they must have had a pretty close relationship. And I, I, we don't know how long Charles was together with Lucy's mom, but it must have been long enough for them to establish this relationship together. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I think that was kind of fun introducing Lucy into the mix. She added kind of a young, fun touch. Mm -hmm. And um, then we hit episode five. Tish, why don't you take episode five? Uh, so the tell. So Mabel hosts a party for an uh, eccentric art crowd, which also serves as a double purpose for smoking out a liar in the trio's midst. Um, so we get Oliver's uh, son, Will's point of view. Um, this is where he learns out that he's not really his son. Um, it's a flashback to the 70s, marrying like the son of Sam uh, card game. And he's good at like uncovering things and stuff like that. And then Charles also visits Jan. Um there's footage from the diner as well as like the matchbook coming into play. And then Alice is ousted as a liar by Oliver and Oliver and Charles tried to frame her, but it doesn't quite work out. Yes. It made me so sad when like Will realized that like Oliver wasn't his real dad because mm -hmm. like you could tell that Oliver like doesn't have a lot and his relationship with his son is like the one thing that he values over everything else so to have that doubt like put in his mind like I just felt so bad for him yeah, yeah. but then it's like full circle because by the finale he's like I don't care like he's like you're yeah. like he's like you're the definition of dad which I think is great yeah I like that too and I I really enjoyed um Theo and his dad is or um uh, Theo and his dad, of course. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like how at the end, um, Oliver was able to kind of resolve that with, uh, with Teddy and like say, you know, don't tell Will, even though yeah. he, he kind of already knows. So it's nice that those two were able to come to a resolution because they kind of got into it in the elevator earlier, yeah. um, you know, a little bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, that, that whole paternity storyline, it did have a happy ending. So that's good. And I guess things were pretty crazy in the seventies. All it takes is one night, two times. And, you know, here we are with the paternity <laughs> situation. So have you ever seen, like, is that game a real game that they were playing? Do you know the son of Sam game? Like, is that real? Or is that, was that like made up? Do you have any idea? 
I don't know. I have no it idea. It feels like it could be a real game, especially because the son of Sam was a serial killer in New York City in the 70s. So, mm. right. We're going to have to look into that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, episode six is when we kind of start to see more from Poppy's point of view, and it starts setting the table a little bit more for what is to come. Um, Christina, why don't you take episode six performance review? Um, so Charles, Oliver, and Mabel collide with their podcasting mentor turned competitor, Cinda Canning. Subsequently, a key clue requires the trio to orchestrate a stakeout, Brazo style. <laughs> um, so like we, you said, um, this is from Poppy's point of view. Um, so in this episode, Charles is like going to Jan and like trying to get like, use her like to try to figure out like who this killer is this season and everything and for some reason jan seems to think that they're still dating i don't know why he she tried to kill him but for some reason she thinks that they're still a nice little happy couple so um that's interesting um yes um and then they realize they aren't actually texting with the detective um because Mm -hmm. like they find out the detective isn't in like new york and so they're like who is it that they're talking to? We don't really know. Um, and then they try to get, um, they try to like figure out who like uh, the matchbook belonged to. So they decide to like put it in, like put the package and then like have glitter on it. So like when the person goes to get the package, like the glitter will explode, but they end up like fighting because Mabel finds out that Charles is still kind of dating Jan, even though they're not, I don't know. It's like a whole confusing thing. Yeah. Um, and so like, they're all arguing and they miss the person getting the matchbook. <laughs> um, but then like later on the train, Mabel's on the train mm-hmm. and the glitter guy is there and she ends up like stabbing him. So it's like very, very dramatic. And it's like bloody Mabel part two. <laughs> yeah. Really smart of them to do that with the glitter. Like, yeah. That was a smart thing to do, but then, like you said, like they were fighting, so they completely missed their like one opportunity to clear their names, like for real. <laughs> they sure did. Um, and glitter again comes into play, Emily, as you know from Yellow Jackets. Glitter yeah. kind of outed one of our suspects, so it's funny yeah. that that kind of comes into play once again. But for me, like you were saying, Christina, I thought it was hilarious that like Charles didn't disagree with Jan that they weren't together. Like what? Like he wasn't like, Hey, no, like this is done. And he instead was like, Oh, I just kind of like assumed that we weren't together. And I just thought that was hilarious. And she still has this kind of like pull over him. So I thought that was really bizarre. He claims that it's like, because he's afraid of her, but like how afraid of somebody can you be? That's like on the other side of glass that like, can't touch you. Yeah, (laughs) He's visiting her. So it's like, how scared, if you're scared of her, why are you going back? Why are you there? Yeah. Yeah. To circle back to your um, question, Emily, I just looked it up and it appears that they made the game after the TV show. Okay. It's out now. You can get it apparently. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is fun. Thank that you for looking at that. That's a fun party up. game, I feel like. Yeah, that's exactly what the reviews on Amazon said. Fun party game. <laughs> Maybe we could do that in one of our fan Zooms or something, Emily, for Patreon. That would be kind of a good time. I yeah. Like oh, fun. I like that. Okay. Um, now we're at episode seven. Emily, what this happens ep- in episode seven? This one is called Flipping the Pieces. Following her incident on the subway, Mabel receives help from an unlikely ally who takes her to a legendary amusement park full of terror. Back at the Arconia, Charles and Oliver find amusement of their own and new evidence. And this one starts off with Mabel's point of view. Um, We start off the episode by seeing some flashbacks of Mabel with her dad. They show them doing a lot of puzzles together. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I kind of picked up on the fact that like there was something going on with him, like before we knew that he had cancer, like, yeah, yeah, you could tell that like something was up Mm -hmm. Um, because they spent all their time in this apartment and didn't go anywhere. Detective Williams uh, pays Oliver and Charles a visit with her brand new baby, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) I love the part where Oliver like picks the baby up and like gets the baby to pass gas. (laughs) Oh my God. That was hilarious. Like, I loved that. That was hilarious. Pro parenting tip too. Yeah. 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 And Mabel wakes up the morning after 
the incident on the subway and she has no idea where she is and she wakes up to find out that she's in Theo's apartment which really surprised me Mm. um yeah and she like he tries to tell her what happened like what he saw and she says she doesn't remember anything so she finds out something that leads them to need to go to Coney Island. So he takes her to Coney Island. They're like snooping around looking for clues as to like who this killer could be. And the killer ends up showing up at Coney Island and Mabel's in the locker room. She hides inside of a locker and this person eventually finds her and she manages to escape. But for a second, I thought they were going to like reveal who that person was. I was a little surprised that they didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really surprised that she, like, trusted Theo the way that she trusted him, like, after they were there because of, like, what happened with her friend. Like, how could you ever – I don't know if I could ever get past that, like, knowing that that person might be responsible for, like, one of my best friend's deaths. Um, but I also loved it when they were trying to communicate with each other and, like, he taught her how to say glitter. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so then the, we find out at the end of the episode that this person that had the glitter, Mabel finds a backpack and she takes it. And in the backpack, she finds a picture of Lucy. So this person, this glitter person has this picture of Lucy and Mabel ends up meeting up with Charles and Oliver at the very end of the episode at a diner and shows Charles that she has this picture. And then that's when the blackout happens and the power goes out for the whole entire city and the episode ends. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love Theo. I love Theo's involvement in this. Throwing back to season one, I enjoyed the full episode that was from Theo's perspective. Uh, There was not a lot of sound. It was very non-auditory, which I think really, you know, played well for showing his perspective. Again, this show is a lot about the perspectives of, of people in the buildings and, Um, You know, this episode kind of ties it back together again. We're getting Theo's perspective and, you know, the world and perspective that he has and then interacting with Mabel. And um, to your point, too, though, about the trust, I don't know if I would have been, you know, staying with him, but she said she lost memories. Right. So when Mm -hmm. she was younger and the stuff happened with with her dad, that was the first time that she really started like losing memory. So I guess she she actually like lost you know, the memory of what happened, I guess trauma must kind of trigger it. And um, yeah, it was interesting that that was all in conjunction with Theo. So, Mm -hmm. Because he really helped her out, like big time. He sure did. He sure did. And uh, gosh, we're trucking right along because that brings us to episode eight, Hello Darkness. Um, Tish, why don't you take that one? Um, yeah, so actually what I found really interesting is that the credits as well, they were dark in the beginning and then they went into the blackout. So I thought that was really cool too. Um, yes. The, uh, the trio tries to save a loved one from the killer during a blackout while the other residents be explore unexpected connections. Um, so this is through like one of the neighbor's perspectives, uh, Maeve. Um, the, sorry, not the neighbor. Um the podcast fan. My brain is just not working. Marv. Uh, I think he might be a neighbor, though. I think Marv might live in the building, or does he not? Does he just hang out in the diner? I don't think he lives in the building. Yeah, no, I, I think, think he's just, like, a huge fan. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's just, like, a uh, super fan. Right. He was at the Killer Reveal party at the end, too, right? Yeah, yeah. that's why I got confused, because yeah, like, same. Yeah, same. I thought he lived there, so thank you for that clarification. Yeah, um, and so we get more of, like, the tunnels and um, more of, like, the exploration of, like, Lucy and, like, why Lucy was there and stuff like that. And then, like, this is where we get, like, another red herring because we um, spot the glitter on Kreps and we're like, ah, like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I really like this episode, too, because I like Blackout episodes. One of my favorite episodes is the Blackout episode of Friends, so. Oh, yeah, that was a good episode of Friends. That's yeah. right. That's right. And what I appreciated was the fan theory of Marv. Um, you know, and I know yeah. you, you girls don't watch Yellow Jackets, but there's so many like fan theories. And I just appreciated having like the perspective of like a super fan of something giving their perspective. Yeah. His theory was on the Sixth Avenue slasher. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, think it's funny that the show is 
about crime mystery and people doing a podcast on it. Cause now here we are, of course, doing a podcast on the show about the podcast. So <laughs> it's like super, super meta, but yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciated that like super fan aspect of it. I thought mm-hmm. that was fun. I love when he was like talking about the sixth Avenue slasher and he's like, his preferred victim was men or women of any <laughs> age. <laughs> An unsub without a, uh, target yes yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah. broad broad spectrum uh, yeah. serial killer yeah no but uh that was a good one and uh then we come to episode nine which is called sparring partners and uh closing in on the killer mabel takes her investigative talents into the ring oliver and charles duke it out over a birdcage only to end up confronting their deepest paternal struggles and uh, this one comes to us from detective krepp's perspective um we see oliver helping will with his play of course oliver's a kind of washed up broadway director so that's his specialty nice he can kind of help him out there um And then Charles was had once again. Um, He finds the address on his watch and figures out that uh, Leonora is actually Rose. So he got kind of duped again um, by Leonora, who we, of course, end up finding out is um, Rose Cooper. So um, Mabel then confronts Krebs at the gym and she starts to really like put the pieces together that Poppy could potentially have some kind of play in this once she realizes that like Kreps was in Oklahoma and the whole tie-in with Cindy Canning. Um, and then we have, this is when Oliver and Teddy end up fighting over the paternity of Will in the elevator. Um, yeah. So again, that does come full circle and they end up making up and it's fine. And Will knows Oliver's not his dad and it's a happy ending. So um, yeah, so that all happened in the penultimate episode. And then we go to episode 10. Uh, Christina, why don't you take that one? The finale of season two, Only Murders in the Building. Yes. So it's called I Know Who Did It. Um, The question of who killed Bunny is finally answered while a few others are raised. So um, Poppy opens this episode, but um, we find out there's a backstory into her disappearance. We find out she's actually um, Becky Butler from um, Cinda Canning's original podcast. Um, so the trio meets with Poppy and they still think it's Bunny. We learn what 14 Savage meant, the sandwich Poppy ordered, liverwurst and marmalade. So I would have literally never, ever in a million years thought it was a sandwich order, but that's why. No, we, we thought it was the $14 million Savage painting. And that was like another red herring in itself, the sandwich that, that comes out. So the pieces are finally all coming together in fast action here. Yeah, even and like the clues they give, like even though they give them, like they still like I would have never got got to where they get to. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so they have a killer reveal party, and everyone thinks it's Cinda. Mabel then accuses Alice, and Alice stabs Charles, and chaos ensues. This was like traumatic. Like I was not. I would like I really thought. I know. Yeah. Like I really thought he was dead when I first watched it. I yes. I literally like had to like catch my breath. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to watch this. <laughs> um, but luckily he's not. Um, they finally realize it's Poppy, who we now know was Becky Butler from All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. And Krebs and Poppy were actually working together. Like they fell in love, right, in Oklahoma. They and, did. Yeah. And so I literally never would have seen this coming. Um, and so we find out like who actually did it. And then, um, Brazos gets out of wheelchair dementia is in remission. (laughs) Basically, The whole reason why he was like sick was because they thought like he was going to go to jail for murder. So now that he's cleared, they can make him like not have dementia anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And dementia doesn't like go away. No, (laughs) it does not. It's progressive. Suspension of disbelief. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Oliver and Will have a moment. He knows Oliver isn't his dad, but like, as we said earlier, he's okay with it. Like he's still like the father who raised him. And then there goes to a one year time jump and we, and, uh, well, do you want to do the cliffhangers now or? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So I loved this cause I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. So <laughs> the one year time jump has Oliver directing a new musical, Paul Rudd is arguing with his co-star, Charles. <laughs> and all of a sudden, in the middle of like them arguing, he just dies. <laughs> and then Mabel is like in the audience. She's just like, really? <laughs> like, really again? 
It was just perfect. I loved it. Yeah. So I'm like so curious to see why Charles and his character were like what they were even fighting about. Like I want to know what what the whole argument was about because he said he says something like stay away from her or something like that. Yeah. And I want to know who that person is that they're talking about. Like, is he talking about Mabel? Lucy? Mm, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. his new girlfriend joy that he asked out at the end as former oh, yeah. makeup artist maybe <laughs> so many questions and yeah. is charles the bad guy i mean they almost kind of give you the vibe that you know maybe maybe he's the perpetrator of course i would assume that he's probably not um <laughs> but we never know um and we do know though for season three that there are some new cast members. Emily, why don't you talk a little bit about our upcoming cast for season three? Well, as we've already said, we know Paul Rudd is gonna be joining the cast, which we're all very excited about. I've loved him like since Clueless, so <laughs> I'm super excited for that. And I think I'm more excited for Meryl Streep though. Meryl Streep is my girl. Like, I love everything that she's ever been in. She's an amazing actress. Like, Mamma Mia, love it. Yes. So I am so excited to see her. Like, I can't wait. Also can't wait. And then uh, we also have Jesse Williams. We have Ashley Park from Emily in Paris. Um, so I think season three is going to be pretty incredible. And we've got some behind the scenes here from season three. We've got some Meryl in there with her cute little braids. We've got Selena Gomez in a wedding dress with both of her uh, podcast partners acting as her dad maybe walking her down the aisle. So um, who's she marrying, by the way? Are her and Alice getting together? I mean, is it a new love interest? Is it is it Paul Rudd? Could her and Paul Rudd be getting together? And that's maybe who Charles was talking about. I don't know. What are, what's everybody's thoughts on this? Any speculation? I, I don't know. It could, it could be Paul Rudd. That would be an interesting twist. I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like it's probably not even really a wedding. Like, I feel like she's dressed up for something that, like, I don't know what, but I feel like it's not a real wedding. Like, I feel like they want us to think it is, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's not Alice because yeah. she would have been in the audience with them, I feel like, because, like, um, Joy was in the audience and um, – uh, I, maybe it's Jesse Williams. Like, who knows? Oh, could be Jesse Williams. God, they'd make a really cute couple. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no complaints if that was the case. Um, And then we have a little plot from TV Guide for uh, season three. Um, I'll just read a little snippet from it. Is Oliver getting a bigger storyline? Apparently so. Now that Oliver's mounting his theatrical comeback, it sounds like we'll be diving into his personal life a little more. Season one was really centered around a Mabel story. And then Charles and his father emotionally led to season two in many ways. So it feels right to lean into Oliver a bit more and his dream of a potential comeback. Um, Only Murders in the Building creator Hoffman told uh, John Hoffman told Entertainment Weekly in 2022 that uh, season three will catch us up on what happened in that year jump um, in the season two finale and where they are when we join season three around this new problem they have. Uh, the new problem being a highly suspicious onstage death, of course. So another uh, another podcast coming up for our friends at only murders in the building and um you know the article did mention charles and his dad i just also wanted to mention that we were also shown the painting behind the painting in one of the episodes of charles and his dad looking up at the arconia and i think he had this sense that his dad was like not a good guy right but he since then learns that being a dad was you know one of the most important things thanks to his conversation with rose cooper so i thought that was kind of interesting but sounds like it's going to be an Oliver heavy season um, for season three and season three is actually set to premiere on August 8th on Hulu so I know we will all be watching that and uh, really looking forward to it um, okay did everybody have a favorite episode from season two or storyline like what 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 are some favorite favorite takeaways from this season um Christina, anything? I actually really liked the episode that was in uh, Bunny's perspective of like her last day. I feel like that's the one that stood out to me the most. I, it like it just I loved seeing like more of Bunny because I feel like the whole season was about her, but we didn't really know that much about her. So I really loved seeing her like last day. 
Definitely. Yeah, I liked that as well. Getting some more context on the uh, mm-hmm. victim. Um, how about you, Tish? What did you think? I really liked the finale. I just liked the big reveal and like how they're like, because they're like, oh, it's going to be a reveal, a great reveal party. And they're like, is it like the reveal, a oh, killer reveal? And they're like, are they revealing the killer? Or is it going to be like a killer party that reveals? And then people's like, it's a play on words, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. And I'd have to agree. Um, I also enjoyed the finale. I think so much happened in such a short period. And for them to tie up all those knots, uh, all those uh, storylines in a way that kind of like made sense was nice. Um, You know, Emily and I have talked about the finale of Yellow Jackets and how in the same fashion, they wrapped up so many storylines within like, a five minute tied up in a bow, you know, type of thing. And I don't know that it worked for yellow jackets, but I do think it really worked well for this finale for only murders in the building. Um, Emily, how about you? Favorite episode takeaways and whatnot from season two. I don't, I think the blackout episode was probably my favorite and I really loved detective Williams. Um, I loved her whole storyline, like how they thought that she was the one that sent them the text and she really wasn't the one that sent them the text. The way that she like laughed at Mabel's joke when like they were interrogating her. Like I just liked her character a lot. Like I felt like she brought a lot of comedy to the show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I just love these three together as a whole anyway. I love the juxtaposition of like generations. I love the older characters with the younger character. And like when Selena Gomez or Mabel says, um, you know, I'm going to be in charge of texting for the group for obvious reasons. I thought that was pretty funny. And there's a a lot of those, you know, types of moments. And um, it's funny how they can all have this commonality of true crime and podcast together and come from such diverse backgrounds and uh, I think it goes back to the Arconia being this character in itself and the perspectives and how important that is with these stories Um, and the red herrings I feel like they do such a good job and I would imagine season three will be 100% full of those as well so we need to remind ourselves that when we're watching right like this is probably a red herring (laughs) yeah but it's hard (laughs) <laughs> this is the first time that the murder is not happening in the building. True. Yeah. That's really true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I imagine, you know, they'll keep with the theme, only murders in the building. And I would imagine Cindy Canning's podcast is probably going to be done after this, unless she decides to podcast on something else. But the fallout from having employed this Becky Butler and having her be a murderer, I don't know that that will fare well for her podcast career (laughs) (laughs) yeah goodness well season one or season two which one did you guys like better I liked one better I liked season two but I loved Mabel's backstory like the flashbacks of like them as kids like I just really loved it and I, I I love like all three of them really but like I was such a Selena Gomez girl growing up that I just really loved Mabel (laughs) same season two I just thought that like it was nice to see like outside of the building and to like you know have characters like more new characters coming in and things like that I like them both equally honestly (laughs) I I really don't have a favorite I liked them both yeah I like them both too maybe season one slightly more I think for me part of it too is the star-studded cast you know having all these cameos having Sting on there having Amy Schumer on there Jane Lynch I mean there's so many notable faces and similar to Yellow Jackets you know another star-studded ensemble cast I think that's one of my favorite things about the series in general and I can't wait to see who they have for a cameo in season three, like what famous name will be on there. Um, mm. You know, I mean, of course we know of Meryl Streep and whatnot, but maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe there'll be a last minute casting announcement or kind of a surprise person woven in there, like how Sting was in season right. one. That was like so random, but mm. I think it worked so well. It absolutely <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, this was our first episode of TV Buzz. Like we said at the beginning, Emily and I are trying to cover some other shows here and there um, that we both mutually watch and enjoy. Of course, we will have lots of Yellow Jackets content continually coming at you as well. But um, we can't thank uh, Christina and Tish enough for joining us today on the collaboration. And uh, we'd love to do something with you guys again. Um, I think that would be really fun. We should 
keep the Twitter DMs open and keep, yeah. you know, trying to land on another show that we could cover. And uh, everybody, go follow the TV Deep Dive on Twitter and Instagram and listen wherever you stream uh, podcasts. Um, why don't you guys talk a little bit about like the other things that you cover on your podcast as well? Yeah. Uh, so we do a lot of like uh, teen drama content, like sitcoms and teen dramas where we land. So we talk a lot about like One Tree Hill, The OC, a um, little bit of Gossip Girl. I haven't finished Gossip Girl yet. Um, but mostly then we have like a second podcast that drops on Tuesdays that uh, is on Beverly Hills Hour 210. So we're trying to crown like our ultimate episodes we just started that a few weeks ago so it's like still in season one and things like that but yeah we um we are working through couples right now we'll have like a music moment series um we're doing like character tropes we'll talk about like the bad boy the blondie the brunettes like different things like that Mm -hmm. just all tv related stuff Mm -hmm. definitely and uh what are your favorite tv shows like if you had to give us just like a top like top two or three all-time favorite tv shows Mine is Beverly Hills 90210. I literally make everyone watch it. That's why Tish even knows about it because I literally forced her to watch it. Um, and Friends. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's I think it's like One Tree Hill and the OC are like tied. And then for comedy, it's definitely Friends. Like I could rewatch Friends a million and one times. Nice. Nice. I recently started watching reruns of Bones. I had never watched Bones before and I had no idea this was such a good show. I wish I had started watching it sooner. It is a dark comedy. Um, Emily Deschanel is absolutely incredible. It's like a comfort show for me, which is kind of weird. I don't know why. Like I put it on when there's nothing else on and I... I just, I love it. I love everything about it. And I wish I had discovered it sooner. And I feel like it's encompassing on my list of like all-time favorites at this point. Hard same, hard, hard same. I watched Bones when it was running live and I love it. My and Christina's mutual friend Meg is watching it. And anytime she watches an episode, I'm like, oh my God, what do you think of this? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And um, we do this thing called Watch This Wednesday in our Yellow Jackets Hive as well, where we post in our Reddit and talk about shows we're watching and weekly recommendation. Of course, um, Cruel Summers on right now, which is great. I mentioned Evil on Paramount Plus. Silo on Apple TV Plus is another good one too that I didn't mention. It's kind of another like dark one for like the fellow jackets out there. So um, God, I just love TV. I mean, we all love TV. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun to be able to have the opportunity to talk to other fans and podcasts about it. So again, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And um, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for you. having us. This was so much fun. All right. Awesome. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, make sure that you bookmark our Hive Hub page at cordcutting.com slash yellowjackets dash hive to stay in the loop with all of our content, including TV buzz, yellow jackets, and lots of fan fun. So remember to do that. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. So until we spill again.